Welcome to Mums in the Making. Storm's grappling with the realities of being a new mum. And Rachel is currently pregnant. And neither of us has a clue what we're doing. And it would appear that neither do any of you. This week on Mums in the Making, Rachel tries some alternative therapies. So I went a couple of days ago and had lots of needles stuck into me by a lovely Chinese man in the centre of Glasgow. Our mum squad suggests some ways to ease the pain of carpal tunnel. Just drop your hand out of the bed and wiggle your fingers a little bit. I face some hard truths. He's 10 months old and he's picked his favourite parent and it's not me. And Rachel continues to avoid exercise. Give me some pregnancy yoga will help. Which of course I put on <laughs> five minutes off and then watched the rest of it eating crisps. <laughs> Hi there, how are we? Yes, I'm fine. As long as there are not many follow-up questions. <laughs> how are you doing? I feel like you should probably share. What's happened? Uh, I just I just had a I just had a tough day which makes me feel very guilty and self-indulgent because I know how many other people have much worse days, <laughs> but for some reason... It's all relative. It's all relative, I get it, but, oh, I just... She's super active. She's kicking a lot, somersaulting, punching, practising her future career as a Thai boxer. And I think in the last couple of days, my body's gone, okay, it's expansion time. And now it's like... We are making some space. And then mm-hmm. just had a big cry for no real reason. <laughs> it was a big old cry. And then I was like, maybe some, pre- maybe some pregnancy yoga will help. Which, of course, I put on <laughs> five minutes off and then watched the rest of it eating crisps. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thought yeah, that counts. I was still managing to convince myself. I was doing pregnancy yoga because I was watching it. But no, I was just eating crisps for the last 50 minutes. It was only a 23-minute yoga exercise. I'm pretty sure I read a study somewhere that said that thinking about doing exercise does slightly increase your heart rate and does put the blood to the right points in the body. So it's burning some form of calorie. Just the stress of thinking about exercise. (laughs) So what were so the yeah, that was my day. What were the tiny tears about? Uh, I don't know. I just I I feel guilty because so at the moment my mornings are really productive. So I'm working from home, I'm getting up early, I'm sitting at my desk blasting till about one, half one. And then I start to get tired and uncomfortable. And then it gradually goes downhill from there. And then Sandy gets home from a hard day's work on his feet, dealing with all the stuff you have to deal with as a boss. And I feel guilty that I'm not like Stepford wifing at the door with like a home baked pie, (laughs) like a beautiful glowing baby bub, like, hello, darling, how was work? Uh, And instead I'm just (laughs) eating crisps on the couch watching pregnancy yoga like a fat troll. I think the tears were the guilt, which obviously then makes it worse. It's like a 
it was like a perpetuates the situation because he gets home he just wants to know i'm alive the baby's alive the dog's alive and we're all safe and then i start crying and saying oh but this is the only time i get with you and he's like yes <laughs> that's right and we're using um, it crying do you know pregnancy yeah. hormones do absolutely bananas things because you are a feminist through and through a very forward thinker um, and you've essentially cried over not being a trad wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's bonkers. <laughs> Those pregnancy hormones be crazy. I mean, I mean when, when you say it like that, but that, that is how I feel. You know, he's doing the... He's doing the homemaking and I'm doing the home wrecking. I'm doing the, at least wrecking all the bags of crisps in the house. Um, so yeah, that is a, that is a funny Just leaving thing. devastation in your wake. Just crisp packets, <laughs> Freddo packets, curly whirly wrappers. He just comes in and I'm just like covered in crisp crumbs and smears of chocolate. <laughs> Turning around from the fridge like some scene in Jurassic Park. Um, so yeah, that's my home life. <laughs> How was your day? Um, well, I also had a few tiny tears. And um, oh. this is one that you've got to look forward to. And it was a bit of a shocker, actually. I wasn't expecting it. And I think that's what took me by surprise. Because it's actually it's quite a nice thing. Let me tell you the story. I was putting Otis to bed as usual. He was, we were doing the bath time routine. That all went lovely. I took him to the room, got him dressed in his nice pyjamas, all clean. Got his bottle. His cot was all ready. Everything was just working well. Dream, dream, dream. Lovely, lovely, lovely. And then I had the lights all off, so it was all nice and subdued. The door was slightly ajar, which allows me to make a swift end exit later. And Otis starts looking at the crack in the door where the light's coming through. And I notice that he can hear Kerr kicking about on the other side of the door. And he starts murmuring, obviously trying to get his dad's attention. And I thought, nope, we can deal with this. Kerr's got other things to do, you know, continue on. And then I sat down to feed him after I had made his bottle. And by this point, he was screaming at the door screaming I'm still in my heart of hearts hoping that he's just having a hard time putting himself to sleep but eventually Kerr comes in because he's like oh shame Storm's been trying to put this baby to bed for the last 20 minutes and he's just not settling the minute Kerr walks through the door and picks Otis up he stops crying instantly stops crying he's 10 months old and he's picked his favourite parent and it's not me <laughs> <laughs> but you know what that means now you just have to have another one <laughs> and then indoctrinate them <laughs> just from the beginning slide slipping them chocolates take them to the zoo when the other one's got football training <laughs> well that's what's gonna have to happen like i am and it's nice it's gorgeous like he's close to his dad and his dad is amazing and i'm very lucky to have picked somebody that's such a good dad but you know care's my favorite as well so now we're gonna have to share <laughs> Now you must fight for for his love and affection, gladiator style. It's a celebrity death match. To add insult to injury, I know I won't win. You will. It also could be a case of him just getting what he wanted. If you're like working yourself into 
a hyperactive, stressed, manic state because you want whatever's on the side of the door and then you get the thing that was on the side of the door, then you're like, oh, cool, cracked. <laughs> this was what I've been like really furious about for the last 20 minutes. I've been screaming about it and no one's been doing anything. And then you're like, ah. It's kind of like me when I'm like, really want a snack. <laughs> I do actually feel um, bad for Ken as well because he also wanted to burst into tears because what this means is that he's on bedtime duties Ooh. every night now until he's 18. And he's also on morning <laughs> duties because I work in the morning. So it looks like I've got off scot-free. Also really en- enjoying the idea of him doing it until he's 18. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, you don't have to do this anymore. Oh, son, your mother said you were 10 months old. This is my job. I take my job very seriously. It's bad time now, son. Get your kegs off. Let's go. Can we at least not do it with my girlfriend's here? <laughs> now, I am really hoping that babies having favourites is fairly normal, but I shall defer to the professional on this. Here is Dr. Sarah Mundy, consultant, clinical psychologist and author of Parenting Through Stories. A lot of children have preferred parents, there's no specific time it happens and there's no clear reason for it, although some research suggests that the more preferred parent is the one that the child spends the most time with. Um, It's often mums because still traditionally mums spend a bit of time with their children or more time with children, but actually if fathers are around more than sometimes dads become the preferred parent. In my case, my children generally preferred me. I was a primary caregiver, but as they get older, um, the oldest two are certainly veering towards their dad. So don't worry if at the moment you're the one who's being pushed away. Things always change over time. The other things that are important to think about is matching personalities, children learning, um, who is going to respond to what they're wanting at that time. So maybe if you're more permissive, uh, you're more likely to give in to what they're asking for, then perhaps they might turn to you. It's a really complex dynamic and actually it's really hard to predict. Saying that, as with so many parts of parenting, it can be horrible when you're the rejected parent and overwhelming when you are always called for. What's really important is that the preferred parent doesn't take over or criticise the other parent, which is something I did as I got so cross when my uh, partner couldn't calm down my little ones. And actually it was because they were used to me regulating them. So I suppose it's about helping them or helping you find time, one-to-one time, and not letting the preferred parent just take over because that's what's being requested. Your child needs to know that you can both meet their needs and actually you might do it in different ways, but you're still there for them and available for them. And for the preferred parent, not to rub it in, but to go out. (laughs) And for the unfavoured parent to still keep trying and realise it's not personal, it's just what the child's learning. Okay, I'll have to just take it a little less personally then and just persist with it. I'm glad we shared our days and started the podcast off with tears. I think that's fitting, actually, for a pregnancy podcast, if I'm being honest. Things can only get better. The only way is up until nine o'clock when I have to go to my bed. When my energy completely crashes and I fall Yeah, me too. Uh, right, okay, so back on track. Do we know what size the baby is? Do we know what you're growing? Yes, a grapefruit. Oh, it's getting big. That feels like a watermelon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Which is funny because I went on another site and it was a non-fruit or vegetable comparison. It said she's the size of a dinner plate. <laughs> now, to me, a grapefruit and a dinner oh. plate. I don't know what size your dinner is, but dinner plate to me is massive. Yeah, it's a lot bigger than a, a grapefruit. Also, a very different shape. Yeah. Unless yeah, she's yeah. particularly flat and 2D, <laughs> I really feel like grapefruit's probably a better yeah, analogy. Yeah, I'm going to stick to the usual fruit-vegetable comparisons, but that she feels more like a dinner plate. She feels like the whole cutlery drawer at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Just like all crockery and, and heavy. And we've started oiling the bump, but I'm going to double oil it now because I feel like in the last... 24 hours she's made a big push <laughs> to be a tall gal. I suppose you are carrying a baby that's probably going to be much bigger than you were for example as a baby. Yeah I mean she's probably gonna be taller than me when she comes out. <laughs> she's very likely to be you know maybe even six foot no not oh that tall gosh. maybe five five eight. I have no idea. Well I... you're five foot and how tall is Sandy? Six foot? Six four. Six four right so you're five foot. Yeah. He's six four. I reckon she could be, she's not going to be a kick in the pants off 5'8". No, that's wild. I mean, Sandy, when he stands for pictures with my family, it looks like <laughs> he's standing with the borrowers. Yeah, it looks like your family's asked for the photo. <laughs> oh, tall man. Um, but yeah, to imagine that my own child might be like some kind of towering Amazonian lady. It's quite wild. So do you know what you're growing in terms of, is she growing eyelashes or fingernails or toenails? Ooh, I'll tell you right now. Now, you do remember that I need to do a little bit of um, magic maths <laughs> to work this <laughs> Because I'm bloody useless. Okay, so she's a grapefruit and she's definitely the best. It says, you may notice your bump growth. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I'm... I'm enormous. Thank you. <laughs> I think you can notice my bump growth from space. Um, so <laughs> she is producing antibodies. Oh. Less exciting than like organs, but still very important. <laughs> now, last week, was it last week or the week before? You've been talking about this sore arm for a while. Mm. And yeah. do we know what it is yet? So no, because I haven't been to the doctor because it's one of these things that the GP even though they are all amazing probably can't help me with aside from give me a splint and refer me for some physio so I decided to take matters into my own hands um, and just thought like I need this fix because it's been so painful it's basically a, a shooting pain or like very very intense pain from the center of my hand my right hand into my elbow up into my shoulder so i assume it's a trapped nerve and i know that carpal tunnel is much more common in pregnancy okay i'm going to stop you there rachel because this sounds very much like a moment for our midwife carla now how many women are likely to suffer with this condition Carpal tunnel syndrome is actually really common in pregnancy we think about 60 percent of women 
will suffer from these symptoms, certainly during the third trimester where it's much more common. This is because in pregnancy, we carry lots more fluid in our bodies and this fluid can cause swelling in our hands and that swelling causes pressure on a nerve which runs through the wrist into the hand called the median nerve. And the symptoms caused from this are aches, pains, numbness and tingling and it can be really quite uncomfortable. So if you're having any of these, if you speak to your midwife or your GP, and they will refer you on to a physio who specialises in this and they can offer you treatments such as exercises, possibly hot and cold therapies. And if your symptoms are really severe, they might offer you a splint just to ease that discomfort. The good news is that once you've had the baby and your fluid levels return to normal, the symptoms usually do go away. But if you have that physio referral, you'll have some follow up and they can provide you with lots of advice and treatment options. But yeah, it's something that doesn't last forever. It is specific to pregnancy because of the extra fluid and with the right support and treatment the symptoms can be managed. Well if 60% of us are likely to get this then there's no surprise why so many of our mum squad have had to endure the condition too. Hi um, I struggled for several months um, with carpal tunnel while I was pregnant with my daughter. The pain was very severe it used to wake me up um, very early in the morning and caused many disturbed nights sleep. I tried wrist supports, I tried running my hands under hot and cold water, shaking them, clapping them, nothing seemed to work. Once I'd had my daughter, the midwife in the hospital suggested putting my hands together in a praying position, which she said which would open up um, the inside of my hands, which would relieve the pressure. Um, it did help. Um, and eventually after a few months it did go away. It has since come back, um, so I now know use wrist supports at night time, but I suggest to pray in to help open up your wrists. Um, I started to get pain around my wrist and my thumb area. I think it was around a month before I gave birth with my first baby. Um, and I think I just Googled the symptoms. Quite common when you're pregnant to Google every symptom that you have. Um, and I think I Googled it and it come up with carpal tunnel syndrome. I think I had an appointment with my midwife quite soon after that. So I think I mentioned it to her, but she was very much just, it's a common thing that a lot of pregnant women get. Um, so I just searched on, on online on Amazon to kind of find um, a wrist brace. I got one delivered and I just wore that up until I gave birth. Um, and I think when I brought baby home, I noticed when I was trying to pick things up that um, my wrist was still hurting. So I just continued to wear, to wear it, but I could take ibuprofen then, which helped with a bit of the pain. And I think just after a couple of weeks, it just started to wear off. Um, and you just don't really think about it much more after that. Um, I didn't get it with my second pregnancy though. I didn't have any pain in my wrist at all. I got carpal tunnel syndrome in my second pregnancy. So I found that my right hand was really numb and like pins and needles went numb a lot. If I held it either up high or when I was working, like my right hand was on the mouse at, at the computer or even when I was driving. If I was driving and had my hands up at the steering wheel for longer than say like 20 minutes on a, maybe a longer journey, it, was, it, it started to tingle and went numb and it was actually quite painful. So that was in my second pregnancy. Um, so I got a wee referral just to see what was going on. I obviously knew what it was, but 
they obviously recommended a splint and I found, found that that was quite helpful. That was helpful. And also what I found was quite helpful was, if I ever found it was painful, was to drop my hand down quite far, as far away from like your heart as you could. So right down by your side, just to get the blood flowing again, just pump your hand just so that you got the blood flowing again. And if you were in bed, then just drop your hand out of the bed and wiggle your fingers a little bit. And I thought that that was really helpful. Hi, my name's Corby and I had carpal tunnel syndrome in my first pregnancy. Um, I've just had another uh, baby um, 12 months ago, so I've got two girls now, but I didn't have it in my second pregnancy at all. So two very different experiences for my first and second baby. Um, when I was having my first baby, I think I started feeling pain in my wrist and um, noticed a lump starting occurring just sort of near the wrist bone and um, it continued so I mentioned it to my midwife who did confirm that I had carpal tunnel syndrome. Um, I think it was almost around the halfway mark maybe just after 16 or 18 weeks when I first developed it and it continued right the way through to the end and they did say there was no cure so I had to just persevere. Um, the, the hardest part was actually doing my job, which was a desk job, and it was um, a 10 hour shift and typing away sort of continuously didn't really help my hand. Hi Storm, I've experienced carpal tunnel in both of my pregnancies. In my first pregnancy, it was around the second trimester and I used compression straps and cold compress to try and manage the pain. It did clear up pretty quickly after I had birth to my child. Um, but it was pretty painful. My second pregnancy was the third trimester, um, same symptoms and it seemed to last a lot longer after birth. My daughter's now four years old and it's only recently seemed to clear up. Hi Storm, this is Elfie. My carpal tunnel symptoms started just towards the end of my pregnancy. I was advised that this is completely normal at this stage and that the symptoms would go as soon as the baby was born and that happened um, so pretty quickly after Rowan was born um, my symptoms completely went um, but then about six months later they came back with a vengeance and I needed to have surgery on both sides. The surgery was absolutely nothing to worry about it was just day case done under uh, local anaesthetic lots and lots of local anaesthetic um, but if anybody's going through the same thing please don't worry, it's something that is easily remedied and um, now all my symptoms have gone. I do hope that's a little bit reassuring if you are currently suffering with that kind of pain. Let's get back to Rachel now and find out how she's handling it. So I decided to get some acupuncture, did a little Google and thought, you know, what's the harm? <laughs> Apart Actually, from being a pincushion. Getting loads of needles stuck into you by a stranger. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like Hellraiser. Um, so I just decided to go for it because I needed it fixed because one of the most debilitating things about it, aside from the fact it made me want to ah. take my arm off with a rusty saw, <laughs> um, is that I can't type with both hands and I'll obviously need to write for a living, need to take notes at work. And it's my right arm. So I needed it fixed. So I went a couple of days ago and do you know what? It worked. No. So, 
Yeah, yeah. So, like, first it was very sore. I'm just going to say it was still sore for maybe 24 hours. And I didn't find it relaxing. Not because of the needle part. I have no issue with needles. First time I got Botox, I was like, yep, that's me addicted now. Great. I had no idea you had Botox. That's because it's so good. I've obviously not had it for ages now. Are you not t- Are you not doing the Botox while you're pregnant? You can't. You oh. cannot. You can't do it while you're pregnant or breastfeeding. So give it a year and you'll look like a crone. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, the hilarious thing about Botox is that people confuse Botox for filler. People go, oh, she's had too much Botox. But what they mean is filler. So Botox, you just look glowing, as you're meant to in pregnancy, but legit glowing. <laughs> and people will constantly tell me after I've had my Botox done, when Botox comes into conversation, but you don't need Botox. <laughs> I'm like, it's because I've already got it. <laughs> That's why you think that. Um, so, yeah, a small amount every six months on your grant. Anyway, I haven't had it for a long time and my face is sagging like an old sack. But I went to, when I was in the acupuncture room, got all the needles in, didn't find it that relaxing. Sandy, for some reason, decided that he wasn't going to give me my phone because I needed to relax. But I was just staring at ceiling tiles. <laughs> I was going mad. So I think it's meant to be more relaxing than I found it. Went home, went to sleep. It was still sore, but the pain felt flattened out. So like they put all the the needles next to the nerve Mm -hmm. or the bit that's hurting. And the pain just felt more spread out as if it had been taken away from the very acute Mm -hmm. points. And then within 24 hours, it feels a million times better. I've got one more session on Friday. But, yeah, magic. Oh, I, I think you've sold that to me. Also, mm. alternative... <laughs> what about the Botox? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll think about that one for sure. Uh, so, but back to the acupuncture. Kerr's been trying to get me to go for ages because I've got quite a bad back. Weirdly, yeah. it went away during pregnancy and it's come back with a vengeance because my hips didn't go back in the right way after pregnancy. Ooh. So I've got slightly skew-if hips, which is putting my back muscles under pressure because the ligaments aren't quite where they should be or the right length or something. So the muscles are constantly under strain, which causes a lot of pain. Um, And I've been going to the chiropractor for months. It it gets better after the chiropractors and then it slowly gets sore again. So I think I might try something different and I think acupuncture might be the very one. I would just do it. I I, I guess it works for me because... There's no homework. Like if you go to a physio, they're like, do these exercises. And I take the leaflet and go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Knowing full well, this is not going to happen. I'm going to be eating crisps on the couch. <laughs> Watching, Watching yoga. People doing the exercise. Um, so there's no homework. I can't go home and stick needles in me. So I go if I go and it gets fixed, then amazing. And I, I, I can't explain how bad it was last week. It really put a dampener on the holiday and really stopped me from I couldn't text with my right hand I was texting with just my left hand and relying on autocorrect so I would go for it for the for the hip back thing and just see I think it's also very good just while you're pregnant because you can't take much medication and so being able to do things that aren't actually putting substances in your body that baby might not like um it's, it's great 
Well, and also my baby hates medicine. She's some kind of like earth child because she's a homeopath. The pain was so bad. (laughs) I took two painkiller, two paracetamol, which is the acceptable painkiller in pregnancy, because my arm was so bad, and I was projectile vomiting (laughs) into a bin. I was like, thanks, hon. It's, it's not even out yet. She's not even out yet. And she's already getting her own way. <laughs> no, she's like, nope. No, thanks, mum. No. So I was like, text my mum. And I was like, do you think she's going to let me get an epidural? <laughs> no chance. A needle goes in and she's like, you got to do this. You got to feel everything. Um, so yeah, that's what, that's why the acupuncture was such a need to try because I can't take any pain medication without being sick. Pain is a really difficult thing to deal with in pregnancy but how do midwives feel about alternative therapies? Here's Carla. Complementary therapies in pregnancy is a difficult discussion. Something like acupuncture has got a stronger evidence base behind it so there's been some high quality research studies done on acupuncture and it's available on the NHS for certain conditions some GPs offer it so yeah acupuncture is generally considered to be safe in pregnancy as long as it is provided by a registered practitioner so a healthcare provider a GP nurse physiotherapist just be aware that in the UK there is no requirement for acupuncture practitioners to be registered they're not regulated so to be absolutely safe if it's a healthcare professional you've got some reassurance there that this person has got a regulation behind them and they are a safe practitioner. Other complementary therapies, there is just not the evidence base to recommend them during pregnancy. So lots of women will try different things such as aromatherapy, homeopathic remedies and if they feel that benefits them and it relieves their pregnancy symptoms and there are no concerns that that is unsafe during pregnancy then, you know, if that helps you, that is fine. But the evidence is not there to suggest that they support any pregnancy symptoms. So as midwives and GPs, we just can't recommend them because we need to know that the research and the evidence is there and that they are safe. Some complementary therapies and some herbal remedies are unsafe in pregnancy. So if you are thinking about taking something, please speak to your GP or your midwife and we can advise you on this specific remedy or therapy that you want to try. But the general rule and the NHS stance on this is that if you don't need it in pregnancy, so if that's a standard medication or anything else, then just don't take it because we're not allowed to test medications or anything else on pregnant women you're kind of a a group that is protected really strongly by ethics. So we can't do any research on the outcomes of different therapies or even on standard medication that you buy over the counter. So yeah, it's really difficult to comment on this without sounding like, oh, you must not do this, but just err on the side of caution. Acupuncture, yeah, I understand, but anything else, just speak to your GP or your midwife first and get some more advice. You were having a few regrets this week about things that you didn't do, didn't achieve, didn't get done before being pregnant. Mm. Well, I, I don't know if it's regrets. It's more like hearing stuff that other people are doing and thinking, 
oh, I wish I was doing that. So I, I went to Skye as part of our holiday and the island, <laughs> for those who are unfamiliar <laughs> with it, and uh, met up with two friends who are arranging their wedding and I asked them about where they'd go on honeymoon and they're going to the Galapagos Islands, which is my like bucket list thing that I've wanted to do forever. And I had the money to go after I left working at Netflix, I had the money to go and was like, yeah, I'm just going to go to the Galapagos. But then the pandemic happened and I bought Bunny. So, you know, we all make our choices. And now they're going to the Galapagos and I'm thinking, I'd love to go to the Galapagos. And then the second thought was, will I ever get to go to the Galapagos? (laughs) (laughs) Like... I don't think my toddler is going to be that enthused by, you know, Darwin's theories, possibly by the giant tortoises, but less so by <laughs> by lots of other things or the, you know, long distance flight to Ecuador. <laughs> and it's more thinking about stuff like, oh, God, and maybe I should have done this. And maybe I should have done more traveling. And why didn't I do more with my career in the last year? But the thing mm. is, had I really wanted to do those things, I could have done them it's just now it seems that I've made a choice in which all of those other choices are now redundant and I think that that is you know we, we've been talking about if we if my passport does get uh renewed in time we could go on holiday and Sandy's never been to Disneyland and I said oh oh we could go to Disneyland before the baby's mm-hmm. out and he said well you can't go on any of the roller coasters and I was like oh Oh, but what about the... And then I realised that none of the rides, I could go on none of the rides, and not just because I'm not tall enough to ride them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just had a few a few ridiculous moments where I wanted to go to Galapagos Islands and Disneyland and realised that those two were not options. So, well, you say boring. You are losing the ability to do lots and lots of very exciting things, and that is hard to adjust to, but... You do have a very exciting adventure slash challenge coming your way just around the corner, which is wonderful, which people long for for years and years and years and really struggle to get. So it's natural to think of what could have been or what should have been or what you should have, could have, would have done. But you will inevitably, your mind will go to the future and all the lovely experiences you're going to have with your kids. Because let's face it, Disneyland is not for nearly married couples uh, you know that are already engaged it's either you go there to get engaged or you go there once the kids have arrived and they want to go on all the rides and you get to hold the coats that's when you go you say this but this mad fact that I only considered was mad as an adult my mum and dad went to Disneyland for two weeks when I was like five (laughs) we were at home me and my brother they had two weeks in Disneyland they said they were no. they said they were checking it out for us, which at the time made perfect sense. <laughs> but I was an adult, I'm like, ha <laughs> It's like when they oh, told so me my hamster went off to a hamster refuge to recuperate. And then I said that out loud. Suspicious. Said that out loud in my twenties was like, Oh, it died. Okay. <laughs> they weren't just checking out Disneyland for us. They knew what they were getting with Disneyland. <laughs> they wanted to go just the two of them. I mean well, maybe you and Sandy will do that and then your mum and dad get to look after the five-year-old yes. and then it's karma. It is. 
That's sweet, sweet payback. Great idea, Storm. I'm going to pitch that one. Thanks, thanks. But yeah, there'll be <laughs> lots of things. And there'll be lots of things once the baby comes as well. Like, I really wish that Karen and I had went on more holidays together. That is one of my big wishes. Um, I wish that I had done more sort of out there things. I'm pretty spherical. There's no edge to me at all. So I don't tend to do any sort of extreme sports or extreme activities. But there's something about being pregnant and becoming a mum's like, oh, I wish I'd been a bit more adventurous in my youth. I wish I'd like skydived or got a tattoo <laughs> or at least another piercing, you know, something. It's, it's fun to pretend that we are brave enough to do those things now that we can't do them, basically. Yeah. But yeah, I'm totally with you. I mean, I could see you skydiving. Thanks. No? Yeah, thanks. Yeah. skydive? It's totally... <laughs> something that is achievable for me um <laughs> no I don't think and I don't think it ever was I think that is the thing and you've you're completely right you've got your head screwed on that you're being realistic that actually if you had wanted to do all of those things you absolutely could you made different decisions because you're probably not really that person or that just wasn't a priority at that point and yeah say lovey I mean it's the same as when everyone went into lockdown like some people many people I'm sure we're like, I have not done X, Y, Z, I've not skydived, I've not been to Disneyland, all these things. And then went out once we were allowed back out and just took over the world and did mm. all these things. Yeah. But most of us had those thoughts <laughs> and then kind of just went back <laughs> to the way things were, just without masks on. And that's completely fine. But, but a part of me is just thinking, oh fantasizing about all these weird and wonderful things that I could be doing when actually I'd realistically be doing pretty much the same. Uh, right, well we'll leave it there for this week but uh, I look forward to hearing from you next week and finding out whether that acupuncture did its, did its lovely work. Did it thing? Well, what have you got on next week? What's your crack? What well, you next week I am busy. The in-laws are back down. Uh, they're going to see Gypsy Kings. Um, in concert and also hopefully help out with the baby a little bit because we are packing to go on holiday we are off on friday to crete oh my god amazing and you what are you doing uh just staying alive just staying alive typing with my right hand trolling it (laughs) out yeah packing up my books and i am going to go to a weightlifting baby mama class on saturday okay yeah so really testing out whether the acupuncture is working you know when you go to the class you aren't going to be able to just sit in the corner and watch it (laughs) eat crisps uh well yeah i mean i'll ask i'll I'll (laughs) alert her to my tendency of sitting watching and eating crisps and then it'll be like you know declaring you've got an injury before they start the class (laughs) Just to let you know, I can normally only do five minutes and then I sit down. (laughs) Well, enjoy. But yeah, hopefully that will help with the trollness. Thanks. You enjoy holiday. I will do. I'll speak to you before the holiday, though, but I'll probably be already packed. Got to do that when I get some free time. Uh, But I will speak to you next week. See you later, alligator. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Mums in the Making. Join us next week when we'll discuss nesting, teething, and that old nature versus nurture debate. And if you'd like to get involved and be part of our mum squad, then follow me on Instagram at Storm Huntley and drop us a voice note. But until next week, it's bye for now. <laughs>